Hi church, hi friends, uh, hi guests. If you're watching this um, on Facebook or, or catch up, uh, I know plenty are away on holiday or having staycations, all those kinds of things right now. God bless you if you are. Uh, and uh, so whenever, however you're catching up on this, uh, whether it's over a cup of coffee, beachside somewhere, or whether you're live with us now on a Sunday evening in Crawley, we're so happy that you're here with us for these these slow down Sundays. Um, Kaz and I have been teaching a little bit in July and, and through these Sunday evenings in, in August uh, with one or two gaps here and there um, on some principles that we began to learn on a sabbatical break um, last year. We're, we're a year on now and it was a it was a, a break for us that, that should have changed everything. Um, but what we realised is it's, it's really hard to change the habits of a lifetime. Um, and just finding the simple rhythms and patterns again that connect us into the life uh, of, of Jesus Christ. Um, so we're just asking questions like what, what does it mean in our, in our hectic 21st century lives to live with some of these principles amongst the, the busyness of, of life? And what kind of fruit might it produce in us? Uh, we, we looked over a couple of sessions at this sense of feeling like we live as though there are no limits around our lives. And then on these Sunday nights through August, um, we looked last Sunday at, at silence and solitude, tonight about a Sabbath. Uh, then we're going to look at simplicity and, and slowing down. Um, and we're looking for a life of true rest in Jesus Christ. Restfulness, not restlessness. Um, if you can get your head around that. We're, we're living for Jesus out of our relationship with him in a healthy way, not burned out, not playing catch up every day. So with that in mind, do you want to work through that, that little list that sort of sets a scene? Yes. So uh, we've got a list taken from the book that Steve's going to hold up so you can see what it is. Oh. Um, and uh, there's a, a, a list. What's the, the book? The book is called The Ruthlessness. <laughs> The ruthless. No, it's, it's, called. That, yes. it's called the ruthless elimination of hurry. There you go. It's quite a mouthful. It is. It's a tongue twister. Yep. So anyway, there's a list in here that talks about restfulness and restlessness, and I think it's a good uh, opportunity just to to work through what where we are at as individuals. So the first one, uh, we have margin versus busyness margin do we give ourselves space is there a, are there gaps within our life margin or busyness slowness or hurry quiet or noise deep relationships or isolation of course deep relationships take time don't they it takes time to build friendships or are, are we isolated because we're so restless do we have time alone or are we always in crowds? Do we have delight or distraction, enjoyment or envy? Envy is a really interesting one, isn't it? Especially today with all the social media stuff, we can see other people's uh, worlds and be envious. What about clarity or confusion, gratitude or greed? contentment or discontentment wow finding contentment it's, it's a difficult one to find but we should be there shouldn't we trust or worry love or anger joy or melancholy and sadness wow that's that's really sad that one do we have joy or, or are we melancholic peace or anxiety working 
from love or working for love. Wow. Mm, that one. Work as contribution or work as accumulation and accomplishment. Wow, they're really, really big things to, for us to consider. Where do we lie in these lists? Yeah, so one life is in the restful column and you live out of that and out of the fullness uh, and our identity as Christ followers. One is in the relentless column. Yeah. Um, if you find yourself more in one column than the other, and many of us do, wah, wah, don't worry, don't don't write yourself off right now. Don't feel condemned. It's, no. it's a symptom of living in the world we live in right now. But but we get to recalibrate that as disciples of Jesus. And, and tonight maybe we'll, we'll be one way we can attack some of that. So let me give that to you. I'm, I'm, shall I carry on for a bit? And yes. You're coming back in a moment, yeah? yeah? Cool. So this, is, I think, is where the Sabbath helps us. But, but perhaps just some of the state of play for us before we even get to the Sabbath. There, there are all kinds of, of things that claim to satisfy us in life. Good things, um, things that are neutral and things that are bad for us that make a claim of satisfaction. The biblical worldview is that, that nothing outside of, of Jesus Christ can satisfy our desires. Uh, or to put it positively, rather negatively, we are completely sustained and satisfied in life through the abundance that is Jesus. That's a better way to put it. Um, sadly, you and I chase after all the wrong things most of the time. And the result is many of the symptoms on that list that Cassie just read, a, a chronic um, state of restlessness or, or worse. We just live with, with kind of low level background noise of anger, anxiety, disillusionment, depression. Um, it's a life of overload. Uh, and of course that spirals and so it makes us even more restless and, it, and the cycle continues. We talked a little bit in, in our Living Without Limits sessions about the idea of, of deficits in our lives, spiritual deficits, and they always reveal themselves they have in my life in, in too much activity, um, particularly for, for leaders, but I think it's true for all of us. We tend to engage in much more activity in our days and nights than our combined physical and emotional reserves can sustain. Um, essentially, you, you give out more for God than you uh, receive from him. Um, and of course, if you add to that as well, just looking at the state of play for us as we come to Sabbath, many of us are terrified about the idea of Sabbath or about the idea of slowing down. I was very nervous as I approached a sabbatical a year ago. What have I built my life on? What if stopping reveals some deep insecurity in me or an emptiness? It can be terrifying. Um, and so it's better just to keep going and, and deal with the underlying background noise. So what the joy of Sabbath brings to us is, is an opportunity to, to embrace the fact that we do have these limits. And it does enable us again to reorientate, to focus on the one true thing, the one person who promises to satisfy us. Sabbath um, in, in the Hebrew language that the word first appears in our, in our Bibles, it literally means to stop, um, to, to rest from our work or our, our labours, to stop working, to stop doing all the other things you couldn't get done whilst you've been working, to stop worrying about what you haven't done and what you can't yet get to do. Just stop, stop it. That's what, <laughs> that's what I hear that often from, from Kaz. That, that's what Sabbath 
means in the Hebrew. In the beginning, uh, let's just do some, some quick headline teaching and you could read around this yourself. Um, we're just giving you some highlights tonight. Genesis 2-2, right at the beginning of the big story of the of the Bible, says by the, uh, God's just looked at everything he's made and said, wow, it's good. Uh, what a statement that is. By the seventh day, it says, Genesis 2-2, God had finished the work that he'd been doing. And so on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. And God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because in it, he rested from all the work of creating that he'd done. So six days of work and labor and God builds a, builds a principle of rest into his creation. God rested. God himself rested. Uh, I've heard myself say, and I, I know you say it too, I, I can't rest. I've got too much on my list. Um, maybe you're at a stage of life where I've got small children. When am I supposed to rest? Or maybe you're like me, say I, I'm a church leader. Or I've got a big small group and I'm involved in three other serving teams. Or perhaps you think inside, hey, I'm indispensable. If I stop, the whole thing crumbles. Maybe you're one of those amazing people that's saying right now, hey, I'm not tired. Why do I need to stop and rest right now? I just keep going. Listen, friends, God himself rested on the on the seventh day and he built this rhythm as a healthy heartbeat into his creation. Um, you may ask, and again, I've asked this question, why why would I rest? Uh, in fact, I've, you've expressed this many times. I think well, if, if I if I stop and rest, it's, it's no good because there's so many things undone in my life. I, I'll just be anxious about all those things that aren't done. So I won't rest anyway. Um, this is the problem of just giving a command and saying stop um, and just applying a religious straitjacket of obedience w without faith. Um, nothing in our hearts gets altered. We, we're in danger of becoming like the Pharisees in Jesus' day that, that put a heavy burden uh, on people's lives with all their rules, um, but it had zero value. In fact, it made life worse. Um, Please don't do that as we approach these ideas of, of Sabbath, silence, solitude. It will just be meaningless. In fact, it will be worse than meaningless. It will rob us of joy. It'll make us feel guilty. We won't do it very well. We'll try it for a few times, say, and then we'll go back to our old lives and we'll say, I, I tried a Sabbath thing. It didn't really work for me. And so we carry on. Um, John Mark Comer in his, his book writes so well about Sabbath as delight. Um, he writes really helpfully on that. He talks about God resting and delighting in his creation. When God says in, in uh, the start of Genesis 2, end of Genesis 1, that he looked and saw that creation was good, Coma thinks that, uh, that, that the first Sabbath for the Lord involved a whole day of just seeing and delighting in what he made. Coma says, if you're new to Sabbath, here's a question that can shape you. What could I do? What could I do for 24 hours that would fill my soul with deep, throbbing joy that would make me spontaneously combust with wonder, awe, gratitude and praise? Have you got the Alanda? Uh, Are you happy to read that? So Dan Alanda in his book had this to say. The Sabbath is an invitation to delight. The Sabbath, when experienced as God intended, is the best day of our lives. Without question or thought, it is the best day of the week. It's the day we anticipate on Wednesday, Thursday and Friday. And the day we remember on Sunday, Monday and Tuesday. Sabbath is the holy time where we feast, play, dance, have sex, 
sing, pray, laugh, tell stories, read, paint, walk and watch creation in its fullness. Few people are, will, uh, are willing to enter the Sabbath and sanctify it to make it holy because a full day of delight and joy is more than most people can bear in a lifetime, let alone a week. <laughs> that's a great quote. It's Dan Allender, yeah? Yes. Um, when you hear it expressed like that, that's so far removed from this kind of religious, you must stop. Uh, I hear that and I think, well, I would love a day like that. Uh, I would love to have a day like that. Uh, back in Genesis 2, God rested and he spoke a blessing over this day of rest. Uh, previously, he'd spoken a blessing over his creation. Now he speaks a blessing over this day of rest. Don't, don't miss that. This day of rest is a day of restoration. Um, it's a life-giving uh, 24 hours if we can give ourselves to it as God intended us to again here's this this rhythm that we've been learning about of, of discipleship with jesus it's not religion it's not blindly applying a command but it's a simple walk with jesus day by day that involves a day a week where something special happens it, it's a healthy pattern in our week that's supposed to prevent us from living as though there are no limits it's supposed to prevent us from working every day or taking a day off, like we said, but catching up on everything at home that we haven't had any space for until that day off because our lives are too full and we have no margins anyway. And going back to the spiral of exhaustion and getting up and living for your next holiday day after day, all because you've got this overdraft on your energy and, and your loss of joy. Um, again, uh, Coma, I don't want to overquote John Mark Coma tonight, but he has an interesting thought. He, he says that it's because we can't do it ourselves that God commands the Sabbath. It's interesting, isn't it? I, he, he, God doesn't want us to, to give us, God doesn't want to give us any room for the possibility that this part of our lives might be optional because it's so vital and important for our fullness of life in him. Later on in Exodus, there are a few um, Sabbath uh, commands that are, are similar. Um, Exodus 28 and 9, um, God says through Moses, remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you will labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work. That, that's part of the, the, the Ten Commandments as Moses is speaking them out. So built into the Ten um, is a whole day of rest, which Moses says here is set apart for God. So it's a Sabbath to the Lord. Uh, on the Sabbath day we are we are going around his orbit it's dedicated to him it's, it's what true worship is it's a day of worship and it might be you actually spend some of that day actually gathered with the local church or online or physically soon we hope worshiping singing but but a sabbath isn't just church that's bolted onto a day off um, in fact, the Sabbath doesn't even have to be a Sunday for you when, when you listen to John uh, to the Allender uh, list that we just read through. Remember the question what, what, and, and think of worship in a broader sense. What does rest and delight in God and his creation look like in your life? The way God's wired you, that will be truly life giving. Um, I think about great books. I always put music on when we have a, a day that's anything like a, a Sabbath quite loudly. Love to watch great movies that inspire and stir and, and usually make me have something in my eye. Um, going for a run or a long walk, climbing a hill. Maybe for you it's painting a picture or, or crocheting a blanket or um, sitting in the sunshine with a glass of wine or, or 
baking artisan sourdough loaves? What is it that God has in the way that God has made you, which turns your heart upward to him in gratitude, that, that slows your running down after everything else and connects you into his care and blessing that, that re reminds you I'm, I'm connected into the vine. It's his life flowing into me. Sabbath is countercultural too. We'll move to some application in a moment. Um, again, in Exodus, we, we find time after time this, uh, this reminder to God's people, the God who brought you out of Egypt, out of slavery to Egypt. He's the one who commands you to remember the Sabbath. Do you remember the people of Israel in Egypt while they were in slavery? They were working day after day. They never had a Sabbath. In fact, in the end, they were making bricks without all the right raw materials for making good bricks. They were working harder and harder. They were living burnout. They were under the oppression uh, of a terrible regime. For us today, uh, certainly for us here in the West, although for others in the world that, that may hear this uh, or may be thinking about Sabbath, slavery is a very real thing. For, for us, certainly, we, we live with a form of spiritual slavery, the pull of the world, um, the demands, the emotional demands of the workplace, the just the 24-7 pull of, of our connected lives, of consumerism. Um, I think it's Walter Brueggemann um, who says Sabbath is an act of resistance against all the isms of the Western world. I love that, an act of resistance against all the isms of the Western world. Remember, Sabbath is a day to do nothing. Um, it's a day to buy nothing. It's a day where you can go without. Remember, the people of Israel, they didn't even collect the manna, the food that God gave them in the desert. Um, uh, you didn't don't have to go and do your weekly shop on the Sabbath. It's a, be, it's a day to let things be, to let things rest and settle, not only in your life, but in your spirit. It's a day to be content. It's a day to stop longing and looking at what I don't yet have and striving again. Uh, it's a day to enjoy life and to be focused in some way on the one who can truly, the one who can only truly satisfy the longings of my heart. So is Sabbath just a bit of an outdated, idealistic Old Testament principle? But hey, how on earth is that going to work in, in our lives today? Well, it's not just an outdated Old Testament um, principle because Jesus himself kept the Sabbath. In fact, Jesus reinforced the Sabbath. He adopted this pattern in his rhythm uh, of prayer and worship with his father. You read through the Gospels, you find Jesus observed it all the time, but he didn't observe it like the legalists and the Pharisees of his day. On the Sabbath, Jesus broke their rules. He hung out with his friends. If, if there was someone who needed healing, he would stretch out his hand and heal the sick. That was work on the Sabbath. He enjoyed eating and drinking. Uh, Mark 2, 27, 28, when being criticized for the way he observed the Sabbath, Jesus declared the Sabbath is for man uh, and not man for the Sabbath. He said, I am the Lord of the Sabbath. In other words, Jesus is taking the heavy burden of religious rule keeping um, and he's restoring the Sabbath to its original intent. Remember, this is a day for man to enjoy God. Um, it's a day for God, man to enjoy God's creation in worshipful rest. It, it's, it's not a kind of fake stop just to show everyone I'm religious, uh, but in reality, driving yourself crazy, trying to keep all the rules, but missing the point entirely. 
Remember, Jesus is described in the scriptures as being the living word. He was the one who was there in the beginning in Genesis. Uh, he was the one who spoke and brought creation into being. He was there when the first six days finished and the seventh day of rest and wonder happened for the first time. And, and now he shows us how to live it out in the right way. He invites his disciples, he invites you and me in 21st century Crawley or wherever you're watching this to forget any kind of religious constraint and model and to discover true rest in him. We've talked many times in these evenings already about the Matthew 11 invitation of Jesus. Come to me, all you who are heavy laden and burdened, I'll give you rest. The, the, the wrong view of the Sabbath is one of the burdens that Jesus wants to lift off us. But he wants to yoke us, connect us into him, to walk with him and learn a new way, a better way, a burden lifting, life giving kind of Sabbath day, of which one day a week is a part. Um, it's a taste that a true Sabbath is a signpost to something greater. It's a down payment of something remarkable that's going to come one day. Je Jesus is, the scriptures say, Jesus is our Sabbath rest fulfilled. He's, he's um, what the day of rest and worship and delight each week points us to. One day we will all stop and rest completely in Jesus and in his finished work on the cross. So a little bit of application, maybe, and we'll, we'll pray. Yeah. So this Sabbath that, that Steve's been talking about sounds really beautiful, doesn't it? Surely we want this. It's it's really rich. So so why wouldn't we want to take hold of it? Of course. Well, I do. We do. I'm sure you do, too. It's um, then the, the objections come up and we're looking at, well, how? How do we do this? You know, we've got to be practical about these things. How do we work these things through? Because actually there are lots of reasons why we can't. You know, you might be thinking, well, it's all right for us to here. You know, we, we can take a, a day off in the week. Or maybe you're in a situation where you're in a one-roomed rented house and, and you don't have the space or you've got a young family and you can't stop. Or you might be looking at your budget and thinking, I can't I can't take a day out because of my bills. There are so many reasons, aren't they? Um, and there are all sorts of people around the world that we might raise questions about. Well, what about them? But there's a big but if God has instructed us and shown us the best way to be and the best way to live, why not try with his help to reorientate our lives? You know, everyone who writes on this says it takes time to build toward that day at the end of the week because it's not just a collapse, but instead it's described as a pinnacle hmm. and the day that we live in the good of through the rest of the week. Now, again, Coma uh, writes, and I'm going to, to read that. Let me just check. Page 174. Um, because he gives us a really lovely insight as to how he works out his sabbath with his family if your story is anything like mine he says the sabbath will take you a little while to master after all shabbat is a verb it's something you do a practice a skill you hone it took years of trial and error for me as our kids age into their teens our practice continues to adapt and iterate 
Point being, this practice is so foreign and alien to our culture, even our church culture, that it might take a while to dial in it. That's okay. Remember, you're not in a hurry. To begin, just set aside a day, clear your schedule, turn off your phone. Now that bit he puts in capital letters. Say a prayer to invite the Holy Spirit to pastor you into his presence and then rest and worship in whatever way is life-giving to your soul. My family and I do this every week. Just before sunset on Friday, we finish up all our to-do lists and homework and grocery shopping and responsibilities, power down all our devices. We literally put them in a box and stow it in a closet and gather round the table as a family. We open a bottle of wine, light some candles, read a psalm and pray. Then we feast. We basically don't stop feasting for the next 24 hours. It's the coma way. And I might add the Jesus way. We sleep in Saturday morning, drink coffee, read our Bibles, pray more, spend time together, talk, laugh. In summer, we walk in the park. In winter, we make fire. Get lost in good novels on the couch, cuddle, nap. The Jews even have a name for the Sabbath nap. The Shabbat shluff. Shluff. We shluff hard on Sabbath. Make love. Honestly, I spend a lot of time just sitting by the window being. It's like a less stressful Christmas (laughs) every week. And something happens about halfway through the day. Something hard to put language to. It's like my soul catches up to my body, like some deep part of me that got beat up and drowned out by meetings and email and Twitter and relational conflict and the difficulty of life comes back to the surface of my heart. I feel free, free from the need to do more, get more, be more, free from the spirit, the evil demonic spirit of restlessness that enslaves our society. I feel another spirit. The Holy Spirit of restful, calm, settle over my whole person. And I find that my ordinary life is enough. And on Saturday evening, when I turn my phone back on and re-enter the modern world, I do so slowly. And wow, does that ever feel good. I'm going to pray. Pray for us. Why don't you lift your hands with me? If any of this chimes with your spirit, if it creates a longing for um, a better life, (laughs) a better land, a better way to live, that's a good thing. That's that's not... uh, When when Jesus gives us hope, he gives us hope that doesn't disappoint. And Jesus says, come to me. (laughs) Jesus says, I'll give you life and life in all its fullness. Mm. Lord, we we Mm. just recognise, we hold up these lists... Lord, and we recognise, oh God, I, I love you and I love your work in my life and I love your gospel, but I, I'm not living life in all its fullness. And so something's got to change. Would you help me? Would you disciple me? Lord, I thank you. We're not, 
we're um, we're not we're not preaching from paperback books, Lord. We really love these experiences of people who work some of this stuff through. But we, we thank you that it points us back to scriptures mm. and to truth that you've revealed. And God, would you show us each of us, yes. Lord, how we work these principles out in our lives? Yes. All our lives are different. We're different from the guy we just read about, mm -hmm. and even across our church family, we have such different lives, schedules, backgrounds, stages of life, capacity. God, would you just cause there some of the dots to be joined up? Would you give us opportunities, Lord, and in our friendships together to talk yes. to one another, to, to encourage one another, to work things through, to prayerfully try some things uh, and see what helps and what doesn't. But Lord, we want this rhythm of, of life-giving joy in, in you. We, yes. we, we want to leave behind the slavery and the pull of the world. Lord, we'd love to see that, that low-level sense of, of restlessness and anxiety yeah. just... Um, beginning to be wiped away yes, by yes. a deeper foundation of joy mm -hmm. and strength mm -hmm. in you. Oh God, that, that's yeah, the life you've promised. You. It's the life you invite us into. Lord, you're not a carrot and stick God. You don't wave a promise in front of us and then just leave us disappointed. You're not the kind of pot of gold at the end of the rainbow that we can never get to. You don't keep snatching things away to pull us forward. That's not the kind of God you are. The scriptures show you're a good God who loves to give good gifts to his children. We thank you for this gift of Sabbath. Mm. We thank you for the limits you've put on us. We thank you we can't just keep going. And so, Lord, now we pray, would you help us? Lord, even over this August month, mm. as people maybe do get a little bit of time for some, maybe some are away on holiday or just having quieter days at home, would you speak to us? Yes. Would you awaken our spirits? Would you not let this just be a teaching we all nodded to and wrote some things in our notebook but were, were never able to follow through on? I, I pray, oh God, uh, would you establish some of these things in our lives so that we might be uh, more joyful, stronger in you, mm. um, um, disciples that really look and sound like Jesus and that really do have something to say to the world. Come and look at us. Come on, follow us. Come and meet Jesus. Mm. We pray these things in your mighty name, Lord. Mm. Amen. You, Lord. Amen. Amen. God bless you guys. Um, we haven't worked it out at all, as you may have guessed. Uh, we're a year on and, and still finding we feel like we barely so started so uh we're we're preaching to ourselves tonight let's keep this conversation going and uh we'll we'll pick up next week on living more simply i think don't we um god bless Could you be. see you soon